This week's Flames TV podcast guest is forward AJ Greer, and he has a passion for music. So in light of that, all the music you hear on this week's podcast is produced by AJ Greer. All right, uh, we haven't had a ton of stretches uh, at home, so the opportunity to bring uh, to bring on you know, somebody and to have some time uh, here after a practice has been few and far between, but it's uh, good to have you on. AJ Gurr with us. Thank you, guys. Uh, well, maybe let's just start first of all with um, you know kind of recent recent times. Uh, obviously, a lot of road, a lot of road time, um, but uh, teams played pretty well here as of late. What uh, what's it been like the last um, you know I guess we'll say probably ten to twelve games or so here. Yeah, these last ten twelve games felt a lot different. Um, I feel like teams bought into the systems. Uh, we've been playing uh, as a group, um, as a unit, and we've been feeding off uh, of each other's competitiveness and. Um, each other's just commitment to win, honestly. Um, from the top of the lineup all the way to the goalies, everyone's been doing their job. Um, you know, Marky, Vladdy, they've done an amazing job at just staying consistent and giving us the best opportunity to win a game. Um, you know, Vladdy last game, we wouldn't have won without him. So, um, you know, the defense has been great, and we've just really uh, went back to the, the drawing board after that losing skid and kind of um, – know made sure that we fine-tune a few things but uh overall the most important thing was getting out of that slump and and what are we going to do to get better every day and and look forward and not look back right it's a, it's a long season but sometimes when you feed off of that negative energy uh in a slump it's tough to get out of so uh we're fortunate to have come uh you know out of it and just being able to uh you know, have a good record here and put ourselves in a good spot playoff-wise is a great accomplishment. So we just got to keep that momentum going. Yeah. I know we're going to talk a little bit about you settling in because it's been probably, I'm assuming, a bit of a whirlwind these last few months. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, in terms of the team's game, that's coming along. You too. I mean, offensively, you've got a goal, a couple of goals in your last three games here. Uh, Parks mentioned you're kind of sneaking up on a career high already. So, I mean, yep. things are going well for you. I mean, yeah. how does that feel too when – you know, the team's game is, is coming along like it is, but you've been a big-time contributor in that part, too. It feels great. Um, obviously, I always want to contribute on uh, the os- offensive side of things, um, and good teams have good depth, um, both on the defensive side and on the off- offensive side. So I think uh, our depth has been really good this year, um, contributing in uh, timely goals and um, you know, also on the defensive side being able to be relied on uh, in big situations. So, um, personally, it feels great. Um, I've been uh, contributing and just being able to um, feed off of, you know, uh, this, this production that I've been having. And, yeah, you know, I, I have goals in mind every time I, I start a new season. I kind of sit down and, and try to think of what is attainable and what's a great goal to have going into it. So, um, yeah, I'm really happy so far personally and especially uh, just with the group in general. Like I said, um, you know, you need your third and fourth line to be able to, to to contribute and you can't always rely on your top lines. Sure. You heard, uh, we heard, uh, we talked about it, um, you know, scoring that goal. That's kind of how we envisioned the Sea of Red. But I would think it's the same for you because in a big spot like that, the building was kind of buzzing all night long. And then to score that that goal against Vegas, uh, you know, what did it what did it sound like? What did it feel like? It felt amazing. Um, it was my first one in this building. It, it's it's a great feeling, and uh, obviously, as a fan, you don't want to go to a game and, and 
not see your team score, right? And you want a high-scoring game as well. You want ent- entertainment. Um, going into the third period, uh, you could tell there was momentum building up and there were opportunities coming, but we just had to stick with it, and that's what uh, we kind of were harping on before the game. It's going to be a tough, tough opponent, and we just got to stick to the process, and it's going to be the team who plays the full 60 minutes right up until the end, and that's exactly what happened. Um, and we stuck with it. I was fortunate enough that, you know, I came off the bench and all of a sudden there's a puck laying there in the slot for me. <laughs> yeah. I just had to put it's it right. in the right spot. So, uh, you know, the hockey gods were with me there. And, and you know, at the end of the day, you got to be ready for those opportunities. So, yeah. uh, no, very happy for that. And it was a great feeling, too. Uh, the uh, fans were buzzing. And then right as uh, as I scored that, you know, you could tell the energy picked yeah. up. And and with Weeks' goal, I, all I could think of is, okay, now it's going to pick up with these this homestand here. We're going to have yeah. some good energy, some good fans, and, and it's going to be a great time. So yeah, Good way to kick it off. We'll move on here in a second, but one more on that because, you know, certainly as a photographer too, I love it. When you score, you've got some emotion behind that too. So <laughs> is any of that going through your mind when you're scoring, or is it, is it reaction? Just, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Natural? Yeah, it's most of it's re- uh, like reactive, uh, definitely. But, you know, when I do score – and I have some time to think about it. I try to make. I, I try to get a good celly going. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I I love scoring goals. I think everyone does. Sure. Um, I definitely bring the energy, and it, it hypes me up. So I try to get some good cellies in there. And and I grew up watching Alex Ovechkin. Uh, yes. You know, the best goal scorer Absolutely. in my opinion in in the history of the game. So for me, growing up and seeing this guy have so much passion for when he scores goals, that kind of taught me how to to want to score goals and want to be in those positions and and, and when you do like it's a privilege and and all eyes are on you yeah. you got to give them a show right yeah so, absolutely <laughs> um yeah i'm i'm fortunate for sure do you, do you have one you like uh ovies uh, one that you remember or one any stories of uh getting to play him again against him maybe for the first i did time? Uh, yeah i lined up against him when i was with colorado okay um it was a special moment and uh, i'd asked the pr people uh before the game if there was any way i could meet him or yeah or uh you know, take a picture with them and stuff. And they yeah. said, no, maybe not, but we'll see what we can do. And then ended up that I got a signed stick, the, the game the game stick that he would use that game. No way. He signed it for me, and, and I got it. So that's even better for yeah, me, right? No it's no kidding, yeah. It's, a, it's an amazing piece of, of art that, for me, has no value yeah. because that's Alex Ovechkin is the one player that um, really honestly got me to where I am today just because of, again, how much passion and, and energy he brought and – um, the love for the game that he yeah. he displays on the ice when he scores and and when you he has that spotlight on him that fueled me to to kind of always do the same thing when I'm on the ice. Heritage Classical that reminded me because I think that one was a good one. Uh, the Selly after that one, it's like outdoor game too, yeah. big moment. That one was a good one. Yeah, that yeah. one that one was crazy. Like it just happened so quick and yeah, because the fans were so far. <laughs> yeah, it kind of was a delayed. <laughs> right sound yeah, yeah. right yeah. the sound transport um so it it just it happened and then i was like it's like Sally and i was like did i score and then I like, <laughs> yeah so I think that was in right yeah, for sure <laughs> yeah uh-huh. happened so quick same thing again i, I got off yeah, the bench straight out bounced right into the slot again so. yeah yeah, that's awesome. So, okay, so we touched on some of the success you're having. Uh, again, back to sort of the adjustment. You come in here, what was it, like two days before the regular season starts, and I, I can't imagine what that's like going through the entirety of training camp. You think you're ready to start with one group of guys and have to get to know a whole new family. So what was that transition like? And I know you're uh, expecting father here yeah. as well, so that yeah. probably adds another layer to it. But oh, yeah. how, how has the adjustment been family-wise and for you as well? 
Yeah, it, it was, uh, like you said, a whirlwind. Um, you know, I, I don't wish upon anyone to go through the waiver process uh, yeah. just because of how grueling it is and, and um, you know, that 24-hour period where you're just sitting around and, and hoping that your phone rings is not fun. You start to doubt yourself. You start to kind of doubt your abilities and, and – you start to think, well, okay, am I going to have another chance in this league? Sure. You've worked so hard to get to it. Um, but I was fortunate enough that the Calgary uh, picked me up. And, um, you know, it starts, you go on waivers at 2 p.m. The My my experience, it was a Sunday. So, you know, you're, you're waiting this whole 24-hour um, period. And then at 2 p.m. on Monday, you're kind of staring at your phone. It was 2.05. I didn't get a call yet. And I was kind of like, just, okay, I... I didn't get picked up. And then uh, around 2.07, I got a call from uh, the Bruins general manager, told me that Calgary uh, picked me up and that they were going to call me. Um, uh, Connie called me, and it was about 2.10. We had a nice conversation, um, about 2.15, and then he basically told me, yeah, we'd like you to play in two days. Um, <laughs> is there any way you can get on a flight tonight? And I look at my watch, and I'm like, I mean, it's 2, yeah, it's 2.15, like, When's this flight? He's like six o'clock. I'm like, I don't have my gear. I don't have anything. I don't. I haven't packed anything. I don't have my gear. Uh, there, it's prime time traffic in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, all right. Well, I'm gonna do my best, and I have to be at the airport. It's an international flight, mind yeah, you. Two too, hours early, right? Probably, so, yeah. so I have to be at the airport for a six o'clock flight at least at four thirty. Right. Four o'clock. Yeah. Um, it's two thirty. Get right in my uh, in my car. I, I drive across the city, and of course, I hit traffic. Uh, get my bag, come back, hit hit traffic, coming back to my house. Then I get pulled over. <laughs> um, not even for speeding, for an expired sticker on my license oh, plate. Think of all days. <laughs> or no, it wasn't. It wasn't even a sticker on my license plate. It was um, service sticker, some Boston, Massachusetts like sticker thing. Um, like but a state thing state. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just like a checkup right. and I was like, he came up to, I'm like, here you go. Like, did I do anything wrong? What's going on? He's like, Oh yeah, you don't have your sticker. I just want to check, uh, make sure everything's good. I'm like, sir, I, I don't want to be rude, but I, I just got picked up off waivers. I have to go to Calgary tonight. It's a six o'clock flight. I have to be at the airport in 40 minutes. I have to basically take my whole life, put it yeah. in a bag and go. Yeah. He's like, okay, I got you. So he was nice enough. He, he, he let me go pretty quick. Um, and then, yeah, I just, my wife and I just packed two suitcases and then uh, right to the airport. And it was just so quick. Like, I, I was in the airport. I was sitting there. I was like, whoa, like, yeah. this is yeah. pretty crazy. I, you know, I went from Boston. I, I had just bought a house over there. And I don't know. It just was so quick. Like, I, I didn't really realize it until about a couple of days after I was in, in Calgary. Um, and I finally had to calm down after the first game, right? Like, I, I got in practice the next day yeah um i was at the hotel then i, f I played our first game um so it was yeah it was a crazy couple of days but again i'm very fortunate to uh, to be in this position and i've been loving my time in calgary yeah. um the people the city has been great um you know I'm, I'm very impressed with uh how everything's been going it's it's been great yeah that's awesome good to hear well I, and just to, as you <laughs> described that now it's like you kind of go back through it again it's like wow that did did that first game must have been just like a complete fog in some ways? Oh, like, definitely, definitely. Yeah. It felt it's. I don't really remember much of it, <laughs> yeah, exactly. especially my wife being pregnant, uh, and yeah. you know we have a dog and everything, and she was kind of just like, what, yeah, what do we do here? Yeah. Like, 
And the only reason I had to get on a flight that night is because there were, it was the last direct flight to okay. Calgary. Yeah. Um, and if I had taken a flight the next day, it would have been two stops and I wouldn't have been able to practice before getting to the game Wednesday. Right. And I hadn't, I had two days off before then. So it would have been three days off then going into, right into a game. I yeah. couldn't do that. Yeah. So had to get back on the ice. Got it <laughs> yeah. done. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, hey, it's been a good fit. I mean, and nice to hear you say that too, because I'd imagine, you know, the on ice stuff kind of reflects that of overtime too. You feel comfortable around the rink, the city and, um, you know, that, I think that's probably something that people kind of forget about sometimes in the hockey world is that, you know, it, it does take time. It's like anybody, you know, adjusting to anything, right. Is that, you know, whenever you get kind of uprooted a little bit, it takes some time to settle in. I, when do you feel like it kind of felt more like home and everything was kind of established or did it happen maybe <coughs> fairly quickly? Happened fairly quickly, I will say, in the locker room. Yeah. Um, I knew a few guys coming in who I trained with in Toronto, and, and uh, I played with a Z in Colorado, sure, Igor. Yeah. Um, but uh, just overall uh, feeling comfortable around, you know, the city and, and just settled in is, yeah. um, you know, my wife, my dog came a couple weeks after, and then uh, we finally got a spot. So it's been feeling like home now. Yeah, that's um, good. But, uh, you know, uh, it's part of the game, and... and sure. I'm used to, you know, having to travel and stay in hotels and stuff just because of the first couple of years of my uh, career, I was up and down a lot. So uh, I know what it, it takes to be here. And again, I have no complaints. Yeah. So uh, I reached out to, to my buddy, Penzi, who I'm sure you're quite yeah. familiar with in Boston. Yep. So uh, just in advance of this conversation, just, you know, give me the Greer, not dirt, but I just wanted to see what you're up to. But one of the things that he told me about you is that you're passionate about everything that you do. And I feel like that's a pretty good characteristic, a good trait to have in one's life. And um, speaking of that time in the airport, we had a conversation. You told me a little bit about the music that you're involved in. And I know you're really passionate about that. So when did that become a big part of your life? And, and where is that at now? Like, is that a, is that a hobby? Is that a side hustle? Like, what do you have going on on that side? Uh, yeah, I started, I was always into music growing up. Um, my dad was a big music fan and and uh just exposed me to a lot of different uh genres of music and then um you know i i was always listening to music 24 7 um can't really watch much tv not i can't sit there i don't have the uh patience for it <laughs> so i just would listen to music and do s other stuff and um i started djing when i was like 16 17 just for fun on my computer. And then uh, all of a sudden I moved to Toronto after my first year pro and I had a friend who was working at a restaurant and they had a, a nightclub downstairs. So he got me a, a, a small little gig there uh, every Wednesday from like nine to midnight. I did that a few nights, but then it started to get old. Uh, wasn't my scene and just being out, uh, you know, till midnight on a Wednesday is kind of grueling when you have to work out and skate the next day. <laughs> but, uh, that was one of the things on my bucket list for sure. So I got to do that for a few nights and, and the first night was great. I had all my friends come out and, and it was yeah. a cool night. Yeah. Um, and then kind of stopped that for a bit. Uh, but just again, my love for music was always there and I'm always, I'm always trying to find new music, new things to listen to new, uh, new artists and, and types of music. And then all of a sudden I, uh, during COVID I, started watching YouTube clips uh, about music production and how you can do it all in your computer. Uh, you don't need any software or anything. It's all built in. So um, just started kind of messing around with that. And I would just watch YouTube clips and, and then go back to 
my uh, my computer and tried the same thing out and then you know rinse and repeat so um did that for about two three years and now it's kind of a fun thing for uh for myself it's a hobby i would call it i wouldn't call it a side hustle because um i haven't had my big breakthrough yet so i haven't made much money off it but um yeah it's it's i'm fortunate that i'm in a position where it's not my job and so i can kind of do it on my own terms you know i haven't done it in a week now uh it's not you know it's it's uh just been busy and then again i'm a pro athlete that's my job at first but um when i do have free time i i, I like to produce music make beats and and learn and, and try to get better at it but uh yeah i have friends who do this full time and it's no joke like it's 24 yeah. 7 you got to be creative and you got to get those creative juices going it's uh it's a cool thing to do but it's definitely not easy I was going to say, just to follow up on that too, so uh, you said you're doing most of this on like your computer, I suppose, but got to say, heard you tickling the ivories a little bit at the Coleman's last week too. Do you do, do you do much of that? Like um, piano in so your life? Or? Piano is my favorite instrument. Okay. Uh, I've always loved playing piano growing up. My grandmother played piano um, her whole life. Uh, never learned Never learned it, just listened to it. And uh, once I started producing music, I had bought this little keyboard where, uh, you know, you can kind of transport with you and, and put in your backpack. Um, and then you use it in your software and your computer to make melodies gotcha. and, and make sounds with it. So kind of learned a little bit of piano skills there. And then uh, everywhere there was a piano that I would travel to, whether it was a hotel or anywhere else, I would just sit down and try it out. And uh, now I just kind of sit down and, play little melodies and try to repeat them. And it's just all by based off of my ear. Gotcha. Um, so yeah, cool. so it's a cool little thing I want to do. And I have two classes left uh, uh, before I graduate from Boston university. Um, I'm doing one more in January and then the next one uh, in April. And then I'll be able to graduate um, in May, which is going to be a great accomplishment for myself. But then my next thing on my bucket list is taking piano lessons. Yeah. What uh, what would you uh, what will you graduate in? Uh, what's the degree in? Uh, it's, so it's a general degree. It's bachelor's of arts. Okay. Yeah. Um, kind of a general, um, yeah, yeah. General uh, school I'm in is uh, it's, yeah, it's arts and sciences and like yeah. uh, kind of covers a little bit of everything. Yeah. So uh, if I do want to do a master's or something, I do uh, have the option to do that through BU right, just because right. of I, I have that diploma was that uh, was that always something for you like i want to make sure i i finish it up or was that uh kind of a family commitment or how did uh yeah a little bit of both yeah um when i grew up my uh godfather went to uvm yep played hockey there and so i always kind of was dreaming of going to college hockey and especially um you know education was big in my family like it was just always an important thing that my my parents harped on um and then as soon as the decision came to you know, either go to the queue or to college. Uh, I had a few offers from uh, certain colleges, and I, I picked the college route. Um, I was initially committed to Penn State, but then decommitted and went to Boston University a year early. Yeah. <coughs> I, um, yeah, I, I got a, an advancement, and, and I skipped my senior year of high school. Right. Because uh, awesome. I had enough credits. So I um, went to Boston University as a 17-year-old. Yeah, young. Played there my freshman year, and then my uh, sophomore year at Christmas – um, hockey, uh, it was a dis- dis- decision for hockey. I just thought that my career would be a better, in a better path if I went to the queue. Yeah. 
wasn't getting enough minutes, I thought, in BU. And, and for my development stuff, I made a, a choice. So, uh, yeah, I left there, but um, didn't continue my, my education until COVID hit. And I was sitting on the couch with my wife, and I was just like, I really would like to know if there was an option, if I could keep going, because I was on a full scholarship. Yeah, yeah. And I called them, and they said, yeah, we'll go 50-50 with you. So ever since COVID hit, I've been doing one uh, one class a semester oh. up until last uh, last month. And now I have two to go. So uh, it's a great accomplishment for myself. For sure. First in my family to get a degree. Um, and again, it's something that I'll have to show my kids. And I also have aspirations uh, going forward um, after my hockey career that I'd like to, to do. So yeah. it's, uh, it's a special thing for, uh, for me. And uh, yeah, that's great. Congrats, that's man. incredible. Yeah. yeah. Good for you, man. Uh, just sort of, we don't want to <laughs> keep you forever here, but just sort of to, I guess, round out the conversation, uh, it's the end of November. So it's been hockey fights, cancer month here in the NHL. Our night was just the other night here. Um, touches a lot of lives, but we also know we learned, you know, in the visit to the children's hospital last week that that's had a profound impact on you. Um, can you sort of shed some light on, on why maybe this month means such a, you know, yeah. important cause? Um, so there's two things to that. Um, the, 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 you know, the children's hospitals and then uh, hockey fights cancer. Um, both my parents had cancer. Uh, my mom had, had, uh, had cancer and all, my dad also did. Um, my mom had uh, tongue cancer. My, my dad had skin cancer. Both cured, both uh, did all the... the, the therapy they needed and they got they got over it so i'm very fortunate my brother was in the children's hospital till he was 18 he was born with something called the hydrocephalus which is uh you have four tubes that transport water to your brain and three of them were blocked so he basically uh couldn't get water up to his brain and things were just not adding up right from birth his head was starting to blow up pretty much and um it was only, it, it, this was, you know, early 2000s, so there wasn't much technology that, that could be used to do this surgery, and there's only about um, two or three doctors in North America that could perform, perform the surgery. So um, fortunate enough that there was one at Montreal Children's Hospital. Got it all done. Everything was great, uh, but he did deal with, uh, you know, migraines and certain other uh, issues growing up, um, I would say, so that's why, you know, being in children's hospital checkups and everything, uh, I was used to being there and, you know, I saw different kids in different situations. So um, as soon as I, I hit the, you know, be, um, be a pro hockey player, I, I used this opportunity to kind of, uh, you know, go to the children's hospitals and, and visit these kids and, and being able to give back and just spend five minutes each room with kids and just talk about to them about anything, video games, what they like. So, um, yeah, it's a cool thing that I left to do, and hopefully uh, I'm going to be able to do that in Calgary again. Um, but also, <laughs> growing up, I did um, um, get, uh, receive, like, uh, opportunities to um, help out the Children's Hospital in Montreal. Um, I did an initiative with my dad when I was 12 called uh, My First Star. Yeah. And it's on, well, it's on YouTube. I, I got covered by TSN and, and um, TVA Sports and all that stuff. Uh, but basically... We did a charity game for my Pee Wee team um, one day, and we had live auction. Uh, the NHL sent us a bunch of stuff. No way. Um, we ended up raising $25,000 that day. Really? We were in front of the – so, yeah, we had a live auction with the, the stuff that the NHL sent us. Then uh, yeah. we had a game, and then 
that night we went to the Bell Center and, and we're outside like collecting money yeah. with cans and stuff as wow. kids. <laughs> You're 12 at this time. Yeah, we're, I was 12. Wow. We carried that on for two other years, um, raised, you know, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 those uh, preceding years. And yeah. then, um, yeah, just always want to give back in some way, shape or form. Um, haven't been able to do that again, but um it's definitely something I'm very proud of. Yeah. Uh, my dad and I, especially my dad, just did such a, a big effort into to helping out with this cause. And um, yeah, it was it was a great uh, milestone in, in our family life. Yeah. Sure. No kidding. That's a huge accomplishment. Hey, listen, we, yeah. uh, we wanted to be able to share some of your story. And obviously, uh, you got you some great interest away from the rink, too. And that was part of it. Uh, we appreciate you taking some time uh, sharing that with our fan base here as well, too. And, uh, and great to have you as a member of the Flames. Thank you, guys. Yeah.